All right. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Welcome, welcome. Welcome to everyone online. We're really excited to see all of you here today. Uh, I hope your morning's going well. Mine is. I love worship on Sunday mornings. I look forward to it every week. Such a good time. Uh, that song this morning, There Is No Space Between You and I, I love that lyric. That really kind of got me excited, and, and I always like to, to really consider how there is no space, how being one with God just, just makes it so much more intimate to think about there is no space between you and I. It really makes oneness kind of come alive, and it's exciting for me. So I thought I'd share that real quick before we get to offering here. Uh, Lucas is going to come around. Uh, with the basket to take offering if you'd like to give cash or check if you do want to give online you can do that at the website uneditedlife.org slash give or excuse me we don't do that anymore there's just the give button now all right um we we use this time as an extension of worship to to give offering uh and and just allow that to be another piece of what we do to worship god to to worship with our finances so Go ahead. Thank you. This is always, this is another exciting time for me. Um, considering the, the financial benefits that we have to gain when we let go of that, that one thing that we always like to clutch onto the tightest in our lives, and that's finances. You know, we say, oh, I, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I can if I can give this week because things are tight, well, watch God open things up when, when things are tight. And so, all right. Lord, we thank you so much for these gifts this morning. I thank you for the blessings that you're pouring out as people give wherever they are today and wherever it is they are giving generously. We thank you for the joy that comes with, with generous giving. We look forward to the testimonies of financial breakthrough that are going to be brought each and every day. The miracles that we know only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, got a special treat for you today. Love treats? I do too. Jeff is going to be coming up and talking to us about inheritance as we start our new series kingdom currency. So stand up. Let's give Jeff a big round of applause and some encouragement as he comes up. Okay, testing. All right. So Lord, I pray for no technical difficulties while I get my notes up here. Okay, so this series that we're starting this week is on kingdom currency, and I'm going to talk a bit about inheritance and the state of either being an orphan or a son. Uh, the thing is uh, that we are either an orphan or we're a son. I mean, actually, the fact of the matter is we're all sons. We, we can be an orphan in our mind um, because separation is, is an illusion. 
So what's the difference between an orphan and a son? Aside from the lack of parents, the most distinct difference between being an orphan or a son is inheritance. Um, an orphan has no inheritance. Uh, a child who had been disinherited or disowned, cast out by their parents, would be considered an orphan even though their parents were alive because there would be nothing left uh, to them upon their death. Uh, a son has inheritance. An orphan could be adopted and granted standing regarding inheritance. That child would no longer be considered an orphan. Something interesting, when you consider the rules and law they were under during the time of Paul or Jesus or the Romans, um, you could disinherit a son. That was a son by birth. However, a son by adoption had permanent standing as a son and was entitled to all the rights and privileges that accompany being a son, regardless of the relational standing with the ancestor or adopter. So if we consider the story of the prodigal son, um, the son, he, his parents were alive. However, um, once his, his inheritance was gone, he was he was considered dead and lost, and therefore he would be considered an orphan. But when he returned, his father put a ring on his finger, among other stuff. This ring signified that he had the authority of a son once more. So what is inheritance? Merriam-Webster defines to inherit, um, one, to receive from an ancestor as a right or title descendable by law at the ancestor's death. Or two, an inheritance is something you receive from an ancestor, such as a genetic trait. Um, or three, to come into possession of or receive, especially as a right or divine portion. Matthew nineteen twenty nine says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters for my name's sake will receive an hundredfold and inherit eternal life. That's the Revised Standard Version. So there are four primary types of inheritance. One, wealth or property inheritance. And that's the thing that we, we typically think of when we think of inheritance is when um, an ancestor passes away, you get property, you get money, you get um, whatever possessions that they had. Um, now, this can be done upon death or at any time prior based on the wish wishes of the ancestor. Two, Genetic inheritance. This could be any physical trait. Um, usually we look at, at this in, in the negative. We think of um, somebody uh, fearing that they're going to get cancer because their mother and their sister died of cancer, and that's um, a genetic inheritance. Um, but, but it can be equally positive. Um, then uh, three is positional inheritance. This form of inheritance usually pertains to rulership, but we've seen it in businesses and even church where someone passes away and their child inherits the position. We normally think of this uh, positional inheritance when, uh, like recently, the queen passed away and now uh, King, Ch king Charles or Prince Charles became King Charles. He inherited the throne and that was a positional inheritance. And then also we see at Lakewood Church, um, the pastor passed away 
and his son, Joel Osteen, um, inherited that position because he was the son of the pastor. And then four, and the one I think is most important, is spiritual inheritance. Now, spiritual inheritance can come from, from parents, but it also can come from other leaders or people that we look up to, um, someone that, that we lean into to, to garner uh, character from. Uh, this is often looked at um, in the negative, such as generational curses and the like. Um, Numbers 14.18 says, The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. So the, the consequence of sin is inherited to, to three and four generations. However, the, this, can be, this can be turned into the positive. Psalms 106, 30 and 31 says, But Phineas stood up and intervened, and the plague was checked. This was credited to him as righteousness for endless generations to come. So, um, yes, the sins, the consequence of the sin goes for three and four generations. The consequence or the benefit of righteousness goes on for endless generations to come. And in spiritual inheritance, um, most importantly, comes from the Trinity. Vicariously passed on through the life and sacrifice of Jesus. Romans 9, 6 through 8, uh, from the, ten, uh, the Passion Translation, says, Clearly God has not failed to fulfill his promises to Israel, for that will never happen. But not everyone who is descended from Israel belongs to Israel. Physical descent from Abraham doesn't guarantee the inheritance, because God has said, Through Isaac, your descendants will be counted as part of your lineage. This confirms that it is not merely the natural offspring of Abraham who are considered the children of God. Rather, the children born because of God's promise are counted as descendants. So the fact is we're no longer orphans. Um, One, why were we considered orphans? Well, um, we're not of the physical lineage of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. And so we were considered uh, cast off. Um, the fact of the matter is we, we inherited a mission from Adam. We inherited toil from Adam. We inherited death and separation from Adam. We are all physical descendants of Adam and inherit from him genetically as well as positionally we've inherited the task of taking dominion over the earth and, sub- and to subdue it. Genesis 1:28. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Although Adam re- relinquished authority, he was never relieved of duty. He's <laughs> Although Adam relinquished his authority, he was never relieved of duty. Only now he had to toil in order to subdue the earth. When Adam fell, he passed on a physical and positional inheritance. Genesis three seventeen through 19, God said, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field. 
By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Since then, man has had to toil to grow his food, rather than simply tending a garden. He has to fight thorns and thistles, and since then man has had to return to the dust from which he came, except for a few exceptions, such as Enoch, Elijah, Jesus. Now, we are also spiritual heirs of Adam and inherit his spiritual death. In Genesis 2, 16 through 17, the Lord says, You're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The fact is that eating from the tree did not physically kill Adam. But he did certainly die. Mankind inherited the stronghold in his own mind that there was a chasm of separation between himself and God. Separation is completely in the mind. And that would be rectified at the cross. So we became orphans because of our ancestor Adam gave up his inheritance. But how did we become sons? We were adopted and therefore have the permanent access and rights associated with the one who adopted us. Romans 6, 5. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts. Now, the resurrection and new life that this adoption entails will be physical, but it is also spiritual. And as such is in effect now. We can enjoy new life now. We don't have to wait until we die. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the, the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. When one is adopted, they are freed of the negative inheritance that they had as a slave and are given a new inheritance according to the one who adopted them. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but, a child, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. An heir of what? Well, John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Jesus came to give life and that it be abundant. But he was talking to those who were yet living. So what does this mean? It's a spiritual inheritance. The cross demolished the stronghold in the mind of man that there was separation between himself and God. 1 Corinthians 15, 21-22, For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a physical resurrection once we physically die, because that, that's going to happen. That's something we can look forward to. But the resurrection unto life happened on the cross for all mankind. Now, what does this mean for us? Well, we are no longer orphans. We inherited the characteristics of Christ, righteousness and holiness. 
If we inherited righteousness on the cross, that means it's available to us now. Righteousness and holiness are both gifts, as is any inheritance. We need to accept our inheritance and live it out. If you inherit a billion dollars, you live a certain way from that time on. Your inheritance has a bearing on your life. When you inherit something, and it, it, affects, it, it affects what goes on forward from that time on. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And I'm going to read, read that again, but in the Passion Translation, just because I like it too. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. That means it affects everything from that point on. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. When we have spiritual inheritance, we are heirs. Heirs to what? The rights, authority, and benefits of Jesus Christ. The neat thing about spiritual inheritance is that no matter how much you split the pie, we're all entitled to the whole enchilada. When there's, when there's a physical inheritance, if there's a billion dollars and there's 10 sons, each son gets a portion of that billion dollars. But with a spiritual inheritance, there's a billion dollars and it never gets split. So what do we do about it? What is our action step? One of the few things Paul told us to strive for was to enter into rest. Hebrews 4, 10 and 11, for anyone who enters into God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest. So we do nothing and everything will happen through us. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, 
not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in, in advance for us to do. So the inheritance is not by works. However, the inheritance produces, produ has, produces fruit. So, here it is in the, in the Passion Translation. For by grace you have been, been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast. For salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. We've become his poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before we were born. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So that would be Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. So I'm by no means saying we don't do good works. But what I am saying is that your works are a result of your inheritance, not what brings it about. So we do nothing and get it all. We get everything and he does it all. We have a tremendous inheritance as the sons of God. Just like you do nothing for physical inheritance, you do nothing to earn your spiritual inheritance. And yet that inheritance powers a lifestyle that would otherwise be impossible. So, Lord, I thank you for this short message. I pray that it, it, uh, it touched someone. Lord, I just thank you for this day, and uh, bless everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen. Great content. Here's what I feel like God was saying is that you have been confined and refined for the majority of your adult life. And he pointed me to the hallway. Remember the hallway? I've told you the story a hundred million times. If you haven't heard my version of the hallway, I was a freshman in high school. Big building, don't know my way around, very, very timid. Jeff and I were both late at the same time in the same hallway. Black trench coat, hair going every possible direction. And little old me was scared to death of him. And God was pointing to that, saying like, that wildness is about to come out from the inside out. Right? What a picture. And so I'm sitting here going like, great content. I want to see the wild. Anybody else want to see the wild? Anybody want to see the, the, the wild on the inside just come breaking out of Jeff? No more confinement. And the refinement that people, that man has put on you be gone in the name of Jesus. Yeah? Yeah. So can you just, just appease me. Can you appease me? Like, give us something wild. No. Yes. I've, I've sat and talked to you enough to know that there is wild on the inside. 
You're going to have to poll. You have a job. You're going to have to poll. Do you want to see it? You got to poll. So take what, take what was in here. Take it from your head to your heart and release it. You got this. I'll give you 10 seconds. So now you know you have an inheritance. We do. I got this. You can get a hallelujah hanky, but. <laughs> okay, here's what I know you do like so well. You see into the unseen and you release it. That's where your wild is. Okay. Release it. What is it that you see? Take us on a journey. So I see angels. Right now, with each one of you, and I see them uh, imparting, imparting what, what is being brought forth right now. Um, we're talking about inheritance and sonship and adoption and... Um, I just see the glory of God pouring forth sonship onto each of you. You ladies, I mean, if I can be the bride of Christ, you can be the son of God. So we are, we are each sons. We have a divine inheritance, a divine destiny, and we are to walk out that destiny. We walk out that destiny by resting in him. You do nothing. He imparts into you, and you do everything. You, you have a mission. We have a mission, and that is to subdue the earth. We have a mission that is to be ambassadors of Christ and, um, and bring reconciliation of the world to him. We, the world, the world imagines itself to be separate from God. The world imagines that there is no God, and it is purely imagination. It is, separation from God is an illusion. You wonder where the, the power of the atom bomb comes from. Think about what holds that atom together. It is the very power of God. And that atom, you inhale, and you inhale the very power, presence, 
and wholeness of God. When you walk by someone and you exhale, you exhale onto them the very power, presence, and wholeness of God. And that's about as wild as I think I got today. (laughs) 